0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kemenk with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And one of the issues that matter today is why women of Generation X are not getting enough sleep. We're going to talk about that in detail. But first, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in 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 Britain with the royal family and the royal family seeming to be split. As many of you know, Prince Harry, one of the Queen's grandsons, uh, married an American, uh, Meghan Markle, who is an actress and who has uh, been who has worked with the USA serial suits for many many years. In fact, that was our first introduction to her. I have been a fan of Suits for years, and so I liked liked her character and the role she played. Uh, So much to my surprise, good morning, howdy, to see her emerge as a contender for Prince Harry's uh, uh, quest to seek a wife. Well, young people, they met, they fell in love, they got married, Right. But most of us are were probably waiting with bated breath because marrying into the royal family is never easy for anyone who is a non-royal, right? No matter that Kate Middleton navigated it, we know that stories allege that her mother was a social climber, so she would have put up with anything just to, to, to be there. Well, here is Meghan Markle. She's an American and comes with everything that America is. Americans tend to be very independent, right? We have an independent streak in us that we do not put up with foolishness. So having married into the royal family, she was subjected, that level of scrutiny, she was subjected to horrific criticisms of her daily life. In one story, the Daily Mail criticized her and called her all kinds of names for uh, and that she was spending taxpayers' money for asking for renovations for the cottage that they would live in. They criticized her style of dress. They criticized her pattern of speech. They said she was not royal. She was not born into the tradition. La, la, la. The royal family never came to her defense. The queen nor Prince Charles, they never came to her defense. They never asked the media to back off. They never said anything. Her husband, Harry, eventually filed a lawsuit against one of the newspapers that if you continue to make fun of my wife or continue to say anything, we're going to continue to sue. That's what made them back up. Well, Meghan and, and Harry seem to be happy together. They seem to be genuinely love, and they have a child together. And after the baby was born, they went to South Africa and came back. Now, Meghan is hugely popular with millennials. Millennials think that Harry choosing to marry someone who is multi-ethnic and who is non-traditional is forward-thinking, as forward-thinking as it can be, then they are the traditionalists within the, 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 the monarchy and so on, right? Hey, Right? So here comes Megan who is immensely popular with younger people and is also immensely popular, uh, has a background and she has a platform prior to her joining the royal family. She already had platforms for the royal family did not create a platform for her. She already had charities that she was familiar with. So what she chose to do was she says, I don't want to be silent. I want to continue the work that I'm doing. Well, what the royal family thought was they could package them together. So if they could package William and his wife together. And Meghan and her husband, Harry, then it would be a package deal. But that did not work. And it obviously would not work because there was some rivalry. Of course, the two women were not going to get along because one was going to get more press than the other. Meghan comes uh, finessed with how to handle the press based on the fact that she's an actress and she's accustomed to the public eye. She was also far more appealing because she was American and obviously non-royal and seemed to, from the very beginning, really was just here to be herself. There is nothing more dangerous than a woman who is already validated. The problem the royal family has with Meghan is that she does not seek their validation. She does not need their validation to be empowered and to be a person. She is a person. She doesn't need the royal family to make her fly in a private jet. She's accustomed to that. She doesn't need their money. She's accustomed to having powerful friends with money. She doesn't need a title to feel as if she's a human being or to feel that she's an important human being. That's where the royal family got messed up. They had this whole thing messed up, as my kids would say. She does not need their validation, unlike others for whom. Being with a royal is everything for her. It doesn't mean anything. You got to understand her background first of all. Homegirl is from Compton, right? So she already comes validated. Mixed in with her sophistication, mixed in with her background, her experience, and her knowledge, she's dangerous. So after all the stuff that she went through last year, and the the, the years after her marriage in 2018 right they took a break at the end of 2019 now i didn't I, w- I don't follow them as much as some people do i'm not an earnest follower but every now and then when a news article does come across my feed i read it so <laughs> when when she they return when they took two months off i was like wow i didn't even know people did that but after their return they create they already had their own website which they had created from they got married, right? And on their website, they issued a statement saying that they were stepping back from their roles as senior members of the royal family. And in fact, will be living in North America and maintain a home in Britain and will still be subject to the Queen and the Commonwealth, but they don't want to do public roles. And get this. They want to be financially independent. Now, if you really read it, there's nothing wrong with it. I read the statement. I went to their website, and it was fascinating. I learned, for instance, that the very stuff that the Daily Mail criticized her for was was invalid. They criticized her for insisting on repairs to a cottage for her to live in. You know what I found out? The reason they did not occupy the cottage that the palace initially wanted her to live in was that it had asbestos in the walls and that the palace itself was undergoing renovation, was taking down the structure, removing the asbestos, contaminated units, and that process would not finish until 2020. And they needed somewhere to live, so they took another property that was already under renovation. But Did did the news report that? No. They made it sound as if she was a money-hungry, money-grabbing gold digger. So what she has effectively done is shove their foolishness back in their faces. And I say more power to her. More power to her. No one stood up for her. She was standing up against an institution that had limitless power and limitless resources. And she was the only person who stood up for herself. No one else stood up for her. No one else stood and defended her except her husband. The royal family threw her under a bus as it tried to cover up the scandal from its own son, from the queen's son, Prince Andrew, who had been involved in this sex trafficking debacle from 2015. They threw Meghan under the bus and let the media run rife with whatever they wanted to say about her Feed her, or say anything. Just don't talk about Andrew and his sex trafficking victims. Then, the media also covered up the fact that Prince William, the grandson of the Queen Harry's brother, had an affair with his wife's best friend. Now he's going to be a future king, and he's already having affairs with the women around him. That doesn't say a lot about sexual harassment in the in the in the palace, does it? But they covered that up. There was only a little blurb about it. there wasn't much about it, but they intend to pick on this young woman because she does not have any backing, you've got this thing messed up. You have to deal with her because she's saying, I don't need you, and I'm not going to put up with this. The other thing that is unfair about it is that they, they don't want her to earn an independent income. Why? So that they can control her? You know she's American. Can you just imagine? So she says, no, we're going to be financially independent. I don't need your money, and I'm going to live somewhere else. So they returned to Britain and now we are learning that they returned to Britain without their son. They left the baby in Canada. You know what that means? That means they expected a fight. They expected the royal family to confiscate their travel documents, perhaps even use the baby against them. So they left their child somewhere else where they will have to go back and get the kid. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? It's not just intrigue. It's how, the royal family does things. It, it's, it's showing a woman's own independence. She had to stand up for herself. I am disappointed by the royal family because you threw this young woman under a bus. You covered up Andrew's sex trafficking scandal and the fact that Prince William had an affair. You covered it up and tried to hide it. But well, you're going to throw this, let the media, the media published the most. If you've never heard of her, her name is Meghan Markle. She is Meghan Markle. She does not care about being the Duchess of Sussex. If she cared about it when her son was born, what was the first thing they said? They don't want him to have a title. He does not need a title. He is their son, and that's all that he needs to become the human being he was intended to be. And I don't blame her, right? It's enough with the patriarchy and the institutionalized objections to people's lives. It was the same thing they did to Princess Diana. Now, Princess Diana is, has been dead for, some, for, for many years now, for almost 20, almost 25 years maybe. She's been dead for that long, 24 years maybe, right? Because she objected. She divorced Prince Charles. The monarchy didn't like it. They didn't want a divorce. But she insisted that she wanted to live her own life. She was not going to live with someone who was busy philandering and running off with someone else. Meghan is saying, you're not going to use my name and tarnish me. And use me and tear my life apart for me to sit here. I don't have to live here. I have my own home. She lives in the United States. She has a home in Canada. And in the United States, she's like, I don't have to be here. I'm good. I don't have to party with you fools. I'm good. So she has walked away. So hopefully, their request for independence, it doesn't happen so. I don't know if they have to obtain government approval. To function, But I suspect the royal family is not going to let them just walk away. Why? Because the royal family is nervous about the secrets that they will reveal and what will their insurance look like, right? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And this speaks to a lot of how young women the world over are seeing themselves in the light of institutionalized behavior. This is how the Me Too movement started. The Me Too movement did not start with Generation X women. It started with Generation Y women. Generation Y women are like, I'm not here to put up with the foolishness. Generation Y was like, enough of Harvey Weinstein dangling his little sausage in front of my face, telling me I have to bow down to him if I want to get a role in a movie. Generation Y women are like, enough of this stuff. I saw my grandmother go through it. I saw my mother go through it. You're not about to wreak wreak the same havoc on my life as you wreaked on the women before me. We have enough issues to deal with. We don't need to deal with any more reminders of how institutionalized racism and sexism is. We don't need any more reminders of it. And I applaud women like Meghan Markle. She's a woman of mixed heritage, and yet she stands up to the patriarchy. She's like, no, you're not about to do that to me. Brother, you are not going to do this to me. I'm going to step out of here and step on a plane and go back to my country where they at least respect me for being a person, where they don't walk over me like they do here. She just literally says, you can keep your crown and your title. If I want a crown, I can go into Tiffany's and buy a crown and pay $2 million for that bad boy and sit tight if I want a crown. Do you see what I'm saying? And I've wondered for years why I could never live under such institutionalized. I could never live under it. Here in America, it's very different. It's there, but it's not oppressive. Do you see what I'm saying? There, living in that kind of institution, It's severely oppressive. You can't breathe. You can't talk. Who needs that? In modern times, it's time out for that stuff. That is not to say there aren't rules of engagement in every sector, but you can't just randomly They threw the woman under the bus. If they had even just one time, if the queen or if Prince Charles had one time even come out and told the media, back off and leave her alone. Let them enjoy, not a word. Instead, they were busy covering up the sins of their own. If it were me, I'd do the same thing like her, like, excuse me, who do you think you are? You think you are more important than me? Okay, I'm going to show you. I don't need to be around you. And then we'll find out how really important and significant you are. So what does this split mean? I don't know. I really don't know how it's all going to work out. I do believe she's going to get what she wants, and they are not going to be able to kill her. And that is exactly what she's running away from. You're not going to kill me to shut me up, so let me get out of your face. Right. Right. And she does carry the passport of two other countries. So, hey, (laughs) because she didn't renounce her citizenry. Nobody does that. Right. Right. So will she be a British subject? You'll find out when she goes back to Canada and she goes back to America. Right. (laughs) So today we're talking about, and that's Generation Y. Seems to me we did a good job. Don't you think? We did a good job raising Generation Y and then, of course, there are Generation Z who absolutely are intolerant of anything that is oppressive. Have you talked to a Generation Z person? That's These are our teenagers today. Have you talked to them? I have a teenage daughter. They, they literally, they're like, excuse me, what did you just say? Or what did you do? Oh. Generation Z are like, war? What war? Wars are things we read about in textbooks. Wars have no place in today's discourse. That's Generation Z. We don't fight wars. We have no time for wars. We have more important issues to fix. We need to find cures for diseases. That's Generation Z. Meanwhile, Generation X, we can't sleep at night. Generation X, people born between 1965 and 1980, we can't sleep at night. We're staying up all night. So now they're telling us the reason we're staying up is a combination of factors. We are that middle gap because we're born after baby boomers who started the sexual revolution and started a social revolution of sorts, right? Baby boomers, they rebelled against the oppressive, repressive regimes of social order that existed. So now Generation X, here we are. We can't sleep at night. Why are we up? They give us all kinds of stuff to keep us away. We're the generation that has been the healthiest, right? Because we, eat right, we exercise from day one. We do all the mindfulness and all the yoga meditation. And we've been all over the world. We've traveled. But we have some unique challenges. We're the generation that was faced with foreclosure and job loss right at the peak of our lives. So we're we, we the generation that is the most divorced, which means that we have less money, less wealth. We're also that generation that is amazingly taking care of elderly parents, the boomers, right? And the people just before the boomers, the people born 1945 and up, so 1945, 44, 43, we're taking care of our parents, at the same time raising t- teenage children, Right? Right? I look like I'm a boomer, a baby boomer. Actually, I'm not. I'm a Generation X. Right? I don't think I look like a boomer. I'm a Generation X. Right? So, uh, um, what are you? What What are you? A Generation Z? Uh, I just want to know because somebody's asking me. What year is Generation X? Nineteen people born 1965 to 1980. So, which one are you? We have a lot of stress. It's the same for the men, too. Uh, men don't suffer as many hormonal fluctuations. But I have sat down in a group and you know of people. We're all a similar age. And what we found was that we have certain similarities. Men, too, are saying they have fluctuations in how they have sex in their sex drive. And they, too, have fluctuations in how they sleep. And they use more sleep aids. Most men say they drink before they go to bed so they can fall asleep because the alcohol lulls them and makes them relaxed. <clears throat> they also said that they're searching for um, more, relaxation, more relaxation techniques, right? So it, the question that we really uh, have to ask ourselves is what really is, is, is going on? Is it our minds? Are we hyperactive? They tell us all kinds of stuff. Take the TV out of your bedroom. We did that. They tell us to do meditation before bed. Don't use screens before bed. So don't go on your phone or anything like that. Don't use your iPad. Read a book. Practice more meditation. We do all of that. And yet at 3 a.m., we all find ourselves awake and staring up at the ceiling and wondering that if you have a window in your bedroom, you're looking out the window wondering what the heck is going on. We're not getting enough sleep. And they really can't tell us why. They're saying it's hormonal fluctuations. We're that generation that we're getting closer to, to menopause, but we're not quite there. We're still uh, uh, ovulating and and so on. And so our doctors are baffled. They have given us a number of remedies. They've given us low-dose low dose, uh, contraceptive pills, and all kinds of stuff. Our bodies are changing. You know, we're we're unable. It, it, it's just crazy the stuff that is going on. And you really, I'm like, it's so not fair. It's not fair. After Generation X, when the new generation <laughs> becomes lazy. <like> generation Y? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It It depends, right? Generation X, we're also the generation that did a lot more. You know, we, we, we were one of the first. We went to school. We went to graduate school, obtained a number of degrees, right, and and really channeled and changed, changed situations, occupied more spaces than our parents did. We're the generation because we had to work two to three jobs to maintain our house. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that why? We're up at night worrying about bills or... Sometimes I find myself thinking about stuff that happened 20 years ago, wondering if I had made the right decision or something comes back to my memory from something that happened years ago. We're also the generation that, as you said, have learned to become head of household because we got divorced early. We got divorced and we were left raising children by ourselves and having to contend with becoming heads of household. Then we had to manage jobs and manage households at the same time while our parents were, were, were are aging. When my mom was sick, I cared for my mom for the last three years of her life. At the same time, I had a child in college and a child in middle school. So I was sandwiched between uh, taking care of those issues. And I, did, I was so busy doing it, it didn't occur to me that there were other people who might be going through the same thing. It didn't occur to me that there might be people who are having the same issue. Can you take it? It never occurred to me. I didn't think of looking at it. I, didn't, I just thought this was the way the cookie crumbled, and I have to deal with it. And that's one of the survivor instincts of ger- Generation X. We learned to cope with situations that other people might have crumbled under, And in a lot of ways, we probably have set up Generation Y. You know why? Because we were always finding solutions and always toughing it out and dealing with it that maybe we didn't teach them survival skills. Maybe we were so busy making it happen and making it feel, making it good for everyone else, we might have missed in teaching them how to survive, how to be strong, and how to stand tall in the face of adversity. We're the generation that faced So many other challenges, right? Uh, We are passing away early too. Oh, my God, mental breakdowns. If anything, that has challenged Generation X's mental issues. Uh, I find that when I read people's obituary now, I, I find that a lot of people, 49 to 50, 47, 48, 51, 52 are dying. And I'm like, they're dying from what we call deaths of despair, after the crash in 2008, 2009, a lot of people didn't recover. So people lost homes, they lost, they lost jobs, they lost livelihoods. It accounts for a lot of the people who are now homeless and who are on the streets, who, people who are under bridges. They develop mental issues, not because they were born crazy, but because life made them crazy. You don't have any other choice. You're so severely traumatized. You do realize that being kicked out of your home is traumatic. You do realize that, right? So when you forcefully evict people, I'm just being real with you all, right? When you when people are forcibly evicted from homes, what does that do? Tell me what does that do? That tears your world apart. The imagery for that, then you have nowhere to live. They have to go resort to living in a shelter. Then they live in a shelter, they're raped, they're molested, they're exposed to violence. People, other uh, bullies pick on them. Then they have to be thrown out of the shelter so they end up on the street. That's a whole different survival. That's a whole different level. You are looking at people who are accustomed to owning a car, living in a house, living in an apartment, and all of a sudden now they have to live under a bridge, they have to live under a tent, and you expect them to be normal. We expect people to be normal. These are the challenges that are facing Generation X. Because of the ageism that exists in our society, we were never given jobs after the crash. You're 40, 45, they throw you up. I saw a statistic recently. And it says in the black community, right, uh, in the white community, is, is the wealth gap is, is, is okay. They, they can manage. It's not as much as they you are accustomed to having, but they can manage. In the black community in 2008, the average income in somebody's bank account was $10,000. In 2018, the average income in somebody's bank account was $1,487. You know what happened? The greatest eraser of people's income, you're not going to believe it is, guess what, student loan debt. Because they they told us that you need to go back to school and get more degrees so that you can get a job. You went back to school and got more degrees and you still don't earn the income to pay off all that debt. So you still don't have any money. That's why a lot more people are renting now than are owning because people don't have the money to pay down on a house. How are you going to save to make a down payment if your student loan is $700 a month? These are the issues. So Generation X, we have children now who are graduating college. How are they gonna live if they don't come back home to live? They have to come back home to live to get a head start. Unbelievable, my generation, when we were done with college, We hoofed it to the job. We had a job. We had a career, right? We made a payment down on an apartment, moved in within a few years. You could go make a down payment on a house. It's vastly different today. So we are more stressed out. We're carrying more stress than anybody else. We're having preventable diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, and what's the other one? Cholesterol. Because you simply are having issues with coping. Come on now. It's like that over here where I'm from, ATM, right? I'm 51 who are passing away at 50. Oh, my God. I am I am amazed when I see stories in the news and I hear of someone passing. And I'm like, that's kind of young. That's kind of young. I, I, I ain't kidding you. You know, what I do? I've been doing yoga for over 20 years now. Do you know I went and, and got a gym membership yesterday? Planet Fitness. I kid you not. I don't even care. I'm like, I need to go run some of this stuff off. I joined the gym. I kid you not. So I'm going to start running. I'm going to get back on the treadmill and start pounding it because it's like I'm running away (laughs) from what a reality that I don't envision for myself. It's taking everything out of us Generation Xers to survive. And this, is, this accounts for why so many people go to the doctor and say, Doc, I find that I can't cope, and they prescribe you opioids and antidepressants. We're the leaders of the opioid crisis. We started it. And then the women after us, the ones in their 40s and their 30s. When I look at women in their 30s telling me they can't cope, I'm looking at them like, where are your coping skills? Do you know what we've had to live with? I remember <laughs> the challenge I had of caring for my mother. And having a child in middle school at the same darn time. And sometimes my mom would call me to come and pick her up from work. But I have my child who is doing an extracurricular activity at school. I had to make a choice. Who was I going to pick up first? Then mom would have her own other issues that I had to deal with. Her, You know, the problems of aging when depression and so on sets in and you have to talk and do all that kind of stuff. And then I have my own children to take care of. Come on now. Have you noticed generation snapping at work lately? Yes, because we're not getting any sleep. So if you see a woman snapping at work, she's not getting any sleep. She's overwhelmed. And the problems at work seem petty compared to what she has to deal with at home. We're not getting any sleep. We're worried. And this foolishness that they're hyping about war because some guy decided that he was the biggest bully on the playground, and he just wanted to push his weight around, it's not helping us. Because when we know that if they start talking about wars, they're gonna deploy more people overseas, it's more likely something else happens here. And if something else happens here, the recovery that we're anticipating is going to take longer. Anybody remembers? We're also the generation who had to slug through 9-11. Y'all remember 9-11? After the wake of 9-11, what happened? You remember how we had to be? Things changed dramatically. The country was never the same. It hasn't been the same. Some of the stuff that is going on now is a direct impact from that. Then after 9-11, what happened? Ah, oh, someone is think they think they can't pay us. When we get older, pay us less. We've talked about that, right? Then after 9-11, there came the war in Iraq. 17 years later. So the social issues around us are still continuing. In the meantime, here we are. We have more education, but we're getting less paid. So you end up out of the work stream because ageism kicks in, because the people who are hiring are 24 and 25. They're not going to hire their moms because they don't want someone at work to tell them what to do, right? So it's not just women, it's happening to men too. I have a friend who went and, and worked in his family's business because after they kicked him out of one job, he was like, that's enough for me. Let me go build up my family's business. I'll never get fired, right? But they pay us less, even though we are more qualified, even though we have the requisite experience and education, they're still paying us less. And at the same time, we're supporting more people because our children come home. And then we have a child who is about to go to college. Added to that is divorce. Added to that is healthcare costs. Some of us are paying out more per month for health care. That is unbelievable. Your deductible is like 2,000 times higher. It's the most unrealistic thing I have ever seen right? So those are the issues, right? Those are the issues that are contributing to us not getting any sleep. So there are some things that we do. There's something called melatonin. It's that liquid. It it does lull you to sleep. It's an herbal formula. So it doesn't have any uh, side effects, negative side effects, any contraindications or any chemical side effects. It just lulls you to sleep. So it will make you sleep, right? And you fall asleep and you sleep and hopefully your sleep is restorative enough that when you wake up, you'll feel better. I also suggest, I decided to go join a gym. I'll tell you how that works, how running, because running has always been one of the things that I've enjoyed doing and I didn't think I needed it anymore. So I got rid of my elliptical and my treadmill. I know I'm regretting it. <laughs> so rather than wait on me to get up, I know when I'm up. I'm just, I wear athleisure wear anyway. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and go do some running exercises, especially as, as it gets lighter out, right? Just things to help my mind cope and just things to help you cope. I, I think the difference between us and Generation Y is Generation Y have more optimism than we do. We've been lulled by life. And we've seen how it's very hard to convince us that things will get better because we don't see the evidence of it. We've been waiting for a while. So now we're not even sure that it will. Whereas Generation Y are eternally optimistic because they believe that things will get better, right? And they're going to act on it. So what it comes down to is, guess what? What if it doesn't change? You know what is going to change? You. It literally means you have to look at all this stuff. And say, in spite of this, I'm still going to believe for a good outcome. I'm still going to trust the God of the universe that he's going to give me personally a better outcome. And I am going to act on it. So there are some things that we should never give up for ourselves. One of the things that we should never give up is our self-esteem. Don't let anybody or anything cheer you down or tear down your self-esteem, your self-esteem, how you feel about yourself in spite of the challenges. Yeah, you have grown children who are looking back at you like, you can't look better than me, or they're looking at you like, time for you to give up and take a back seat. Tell them, hell no. Uh-uh, I'm way too young for this. Keep telling yourself positive things. When you wake up in the morning and at night, tell yourself, I'm still too young for this. I'm too young for this. I'm way too young. I have way more life in front of me. I have way more years in front of me. And I am going to live. Your life force has to be so strong that it overwhelms any situation. And frankly, if they're not going to hire you, find ways to make yourself self-supporting. It's better anyway. You may not make as much money as you want or you're accustomed to, but you'll be way down, dog happier. Create something or do what someone else is doing that seems to work for them. Try, 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 but don't give up. Because if you suck them under the weight of this, I still think it's a negative effect that is trying to punish us for having survived. We should be living longer. We really should not be getting out of here. People are giving up. They're dying deaths of despair. They're drinking themselves to death. They're smoking themselves to death they're just full of despair. They're unhappy. They're sad it didn't turn out the way they wanted to. People are dying with dreams that they never got fulfilled. As for me, everything that I dream of that I say I'm going to do, I am going to do it, and that's the end of it. Everything that I say I am going to do, I am going to do it. If I think it, it's going to get done. Regardless, you have to sometimes trick your way and think trick your way out of these situations because these things, they're never going to go away. Some of these things that we're encountering, they're never going to go away. They will always, perhaps, they're always going to be here. I kid you not. It comes down to it's me against life. It's me against the forces of evil that are trying to come against me and they're not going to win. Don't let it win. It's you, right? It's you. Make up in your mind that I am going to do well. So if you're not getting any sleep, I took the TV out of my bedroom at night, and it helped because not looking at a screen, it's the glare from the screen, right? I I saw somebody selling something on Instagram that uh, it reduces the glare from just looking at a screen, and I thought I would click on it, but it kept moving, so I didn't get to look at it some more, right? So I took the TV out of my room. There are some things that I power myself down when I'm ready to sleep. I, I tell myself, we're getting ready to go to sleep. I'm not going to think about anything. Lord, take this burden off of me and you deal with it. And, I, and tomorrow morning when I wake up, I expect it to be solved. Thank you in advance. Good night. Right? <laughs> power yourself down. You'll find that your mind is running mega minute like it's just thinking about everything just say no not tonight not right now i'm going to sleep it's sleep time it's sleep time it's sleep time it's sleep time i used to count sheep anybody count sheep one sheep two sheep three sheep four sheep five sheep and then eventually but before you get to 100 you you'd fall asleep because just and then i started thinking about the sheep i started thinking how fluffy the fleece must be on the sheep and i'm like wow If I'm in a room with a hundred sheep and all that fleece is floating around, that's probably very soft. That's like a huge pillow. I kid you not. (laughs) The stuff that I've had to deal with, right? Guy or girl, right? Right? So count sheep. They say having sex, being in a relationship that is rewarding where you can share with your partner, right? And you can express love and and so on. One of the things I tell folks to do, do not bring the bills into the bedroom. So when you're in your spouse, your partner are ready to go to bed, don't talk about, that's not the time to talk about bills. That's the time to talk about you and you. How are you? What's going on with you? And the two of you talk to one another. So they listen to you and you listen to him, right? He listens to you. She listens to you, right? And you listen to each other and you feel like you've unburdened yourself. And then you hug and kiss goodnight or do whatever else you're going to do. Right? Have fun. You're still married. You have a partner. Have fun. Right? And see how that will help. Because if you have to wait on the society, it puts you in the friend zone. Right? If you have to wait on the society, it's never no, They're not going to do anything. Turn the TV off. Take the TV out of the bedroom. During winter, I do miss having a TV in my bedroom because sometimes you wake up on a Saturday morning and you just want to lay in bed and watch TV. Well, that's why I have two living
2: rooms.
1: (laughs) I head to one of them to watch TV. And that's the end of that. Right? So by the time I go to my bed at night, I have watched all the TV that I want to watch. Right? And I tell myself it's time to get some sleep. Right? (laughs) Right? And that's what you do. Okay? Okay you you have to you have to look at it from the perspective that i am here for me there's no one else here for me i have to do this for myself say good things about your body say good things about yourself and and listen do not let loneliness drive you to being with someone who does not have your best interests at heart you're better off being alone do not let loneliness drive you to being with someone and you put up with foolishness from them because you tell yourself you have to. You don't have to. Wait and wait. If someone good comes along, if not, you are your own partner. It's Valentine's in a few weeks. Take yourself out for dinner. Have your buy yourself chocolate. Send you flowers. Right? And then go to bed uh, with, with, with a sex toy. You heard me. Go to bed with a sex toy with yourself. I kid you not. You need to release those endorphins anyway. Might as well get them out. What's the point in being miserable, right? And being with someone who tears you apart and tears your heart apart and breaks your heart, destroys your faith, destroys your hope. Right, Because people today don't have any qualms about ditching people. And people today don't have any qualms about being respectful or being considerate of someone else's feelings. So the minute you start partnering with someone and you find out that that's how they are, you need to let that be. Because you have to protect you until you meet the person who is most likely to be the partner that you want. Take care of ourselves better. Go get a massage, right? Go get a foot massage. Go get a pedicure. It helps. Have you ever found that the days you go to get a pedicure, you sleep better? Because all that vibrating in the chair. I swear I'm going to buy one of those massage chairs that you'd get when you go to the salon to get a pedicure. It helps you to cope. And a lot of people are relying on stuff like alcohol and drugs Give you a high, give you a low, and it drops you up and drops you down. Just do a good old fashioned exercise. It releases the happy endorphins that make you feel better, no matter what is going on. A lot of what is happening to us is environmental, a feeling compressed because there's just so much going on. There is something to cleansing the atmosphere. Speak positive things even in your house. When everybody leaves your house, get them out for a day, for a few hours, and go through your house and dispel every negative thought that might be attaching itself to someone's person, their rooms, or whatever, or whatever else. Play some inspirational music in your house, right? Say good things, right? Sorry, (laughs) say good things so that good things come back. And tell yourself that it's going to be all right. Tell yourself of all the people in the world, I love me. And everything is going to be all right. And when you start telling yourself that, you're setting yourself up for winning. Because eventually we will win. It's, it's much like this. The scriptures say the race is not for the swift, but it's for those who endure to the end. You have to tell yourself, I am that end. I am going to endure. And you have to make up in your mind that whatever it is, I am going to endure. Whilst you're doing the practical things, going to the doctor, getting regular checkups, making sure that you eat right, staying away from alcohol, substances, right, smoking and drinking, while you're doing all those things, also make sure you take care of this. Problems come up. You have problems with your parents right? You have problems with your grandparents. You hear your grandparents are getting sick. You have problems with relatives, your brother, your sister, you hear they're getting ill. You hear other stuff going on with other people around you. Learn to tell yourself, you know what, those things don't matter. I can't afford for those things to influence me. Those things need to go away from me. I can only control what happens to me. Control, take control of the environment in the spaces that you occupy. Now, I know you work somewhere. And you probably don't have, they probably have cameras in there that they're not telling you about. So you don't want to go around in there chanting because they will think you're crazy. But you can control you. You can tell yourself, while I'm here, I'm going to think positive thoughts. And I'm going to think positive thoughts before I go there. And I'm going to think positive thoughts. And reduce the amount of stress that you carry. Just manage it. Well, this is people trying to hyperventilate. Oh, my God, the sky (laughs) phone. Tell them, listen to me. Shut up. I don't want to hear that right now. Go deal with your stuff and manage it because you have to protect you and practice some habits before you go to sleep. If working out before you go to sleep relaxes you and lulls you into a state of sleep, do it. If sex is what do it, then do it. If you don't have a partner to have sex with, like I just told you get a sex toy there on Amazon, buy one for yourself and go get happy. Right? Right? Do some on-the-spot jogging, you know, running in place before. That helps a lot. It releases these same endorphins. Makes you feel good. If having a shower makes you feel better, have a shower. The sound of running water is soothing, right? Use that. Have a shower before bed. Helps you to sleep much better. The act of putting on lotion on your skin, moisturizing your skin. It's soothing because you are literally moisturizing your skin. If you are married or you have a partner, what do you do? You ask your partner to what? Rub some oil or lotion on you. It's soothing. Change it up a bit. When you go in your room, don't talk about this stuff. Leave it all out there. I don't want to talk about it. I don't even talk on the phone when I'm going to bed. Nowadays, I'm done. I do all that in all the other rooms, but not in the bedroom. When I go in there, I tell myself, I come in here to do two things. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to sleep. Then when I wake up, I can deal with the rest of that, right? Generation Xers, hey, shout out to all of us. We have survived everything, haven't we? We have seen so much, and we have survived much. And I'm here to tell you that the best is yet to come. When, when my producer, production assistant gave me this topic to talk on, I didn't want to talk on it. I didn't want to have to deal with it. I said, I don't want to tell anybody or tell them what this is. I I don't feel like I want to do this on this Friday. And I was reluctant to do it. But here we are. I had to say this. The best is yet to come. Even if you are 55, even if you feel like you're 57 or 58, and you've spent so many years taking care of everybody else. You've taken care of your parents. You've taken care of children. Some of us are taking care of grandchildren at the same time. You've taken care of family members and friends. And you're looking at yourself and you're looking in the mirror and you said, this is not what I thought it would be. This is not how I thought I would look. This is not for me. If that is your story, shake it off. It's going to get better. I'm here to tell you that I promise you it will get better. But I need your help. I need you to start thinking like it. I need you to start taking some autonomy and some control over it. Start setting up boundaries around people. I really don't want to hear that right now. I need you to handle that. When you have handled it, come back and tell me. Start setting up boundaries even for yourself. I'm not going to eat that because it's not good for me. Don't eat hamburgers. Don't eat greasy foods because it's going to give you a health problem later, right? Don't set yourself with unreasonable expectations. Be reasonable with yourself so you won't get disappointed. Tell yourself, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm going to be happy anyway. And if you feel like it, go pick up another course of study. If you feel like learning something or doing something else, go do it. Read new books. Hang out with different people. Go to the gym. Go down to the park. You don't have to go to a club. You don't have to go shake everything that your mama gave you to be happy. But you can go to a club and join somewhere that they dance, right? Surround yourself with people who celebrate you and not those who tolerate you, right? Generation Xers, we're also so much more qualified than previous generations. (laughs) Isn't that something? We're more educated but we also have a lot more student loan debt. We also have a lot more debt, right? And for those of us who made it to the other side, who are on the other side of this financial debacle, right? More power to you. Come back and teach the rest of us how to get over. Invest in us. Start something. Don't just sit there. Don't think, oh, my God, my womb is empty. I'm in menopause. I don't have anything else. Stop that. Your only purpose was not just to have children. Your only purpose was not just to, be produ- to, to, to make children. There are so many other things now that you can pour into other people. Now you can love children from afar. Think about it like that. You don't have to carry them. You don't have to breastfeed them or carry them on your hips. Now you can love them and give them to someone else and walk away because they're someone else's responsibility. And surround yourself with people who absolutely fall in love with you. I have found that my, some of the people who, I don't know, for some reason, Generation Y is attracted to me. I love young people. They seem to love me more. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I find them empowering and captivating. I like to hear what they're saying. I'm like, mm, interesting. I like to hear what young people have to say. I constantly talk to my children and their friends. I wanna I'm always asking, how is your friend doing? How is so-and-so doing? Because young people they fascinate me. I look at them and I am seeing the limitless, the limitlessness of their existence. And I'm like, there's so much they can do. Do they know what they can do and what they can achieve? I'm so ecstatic when I look at them. I you know, have you my daughter goes to high school, she'll be graduating in a few months. Every time I drive down there, I hardly do because now she drives, God help me, right? And every time I go there and I see them all walking out, and I'm like, look at the next generation. They're so all-conquering. They're so confident. I'm so sure they're going to win. I'm exalted. I feel good about that. And then I look at the little babies, and I'm like, okay, so you're going to grow up to run me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So think about this. Generation Xers. Male and female, this is for you, too, because men also face challenges, right? Generation X men, you're in the same boat as we are. You're taking care. You're wondering, I did everything right. How come my kids are still coming home? How come I didn't make as much money as I thought I should have, I would have made, and I still have these issues? Why is it that my sex drive is depleted and I can't let my partner know? That's why I'm looking at porn on the Internet, because I'm looking for stimulus. I'm looking for stuff that simulates me. If that describes you, look up. It's going to get better. And you have to tell yourself the best, the very best is yet to come. You have to tell. Even when you go to the doctor and they've given you a bad report, even if you find yourself in the hospital and it's you who is ending, you you went into the hospital and you have on a hospital gown. Even if you go to the hospital because your daughter or your daughter's child, your son's child is in the hospital. Still, in spite of everything, look forward. Tell yourself the best is yet to come. You see this right here? In our minds is where we create our realities. If you don't think positive, if you don't think on the good things, guess what? We will continue to fall into cycles. And people keep falling into these cycles of depression where they evolve out of one and fall into the next one. There is enough stuff going on that is enough to deplete you. Recently, I heard about some couple I know who have been together for a while. They have two children. One about to go to college, one in college. Their marriage has been stretched and stretched. In fact, two years ago, it looks like they were headed for divorce. Two years later, they're still headed for divorce. I believe when this next child goes to college, their marriage might be over. The mother is in, the, the wife is in depression. And the man, the husband, is running around with like a chicken with his head cut off from every young person to the other. He's in a serious midlife crisis. Something is going on in his body that he won't face, but he thinks if he continues to go around and just prove it, he's just proving that, hey, I still got it and so on. Wrong way to do it because he's ruined the long-term partnership and has ruined the love his children will have for him. Don't do that. That's not the way. That's not the way your sex drive is being depleted. There are natural remedies for that. You ever heard of some herbal remedies? Man, you can go mix up some stuff together and drink some stuff that will put it back, as my grandmother used to say. Right? (laughs) And the greatest putback is in here. The best is yet to come. Do you believe it? Believe it. The best is yet to come. I don't have to conform to what other people think of me. I recognized from early that my life was never going to be what others think that it should be. My path is different, so I had to conform to it. I even changed my hairstyles every now and then because it's reflective of what I'm thinking in the moment. It's how my life is designed to be. I have found that I'm happier when I conform to what I think it should be as opposed to what others think that I should be. I have found that their thinking is not writing me a check and it's not sending me any money. But me thinking I'm okay will make me last a thousand years, which is my hope and my goal to live with a quality of life and live for as long as the Creator intended for me to live. I'm not going to be one of those who get out of here too soon. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm going to live all my days to the fullest. And I'm going to always live in the moment. And I'm going to live my best life now. Come on, somebody. That's what you ought to say. I am going to live. I am going to live. I'm going to be fearless. I'm going to pursue everything that was meant for me, everything that was designed for me. I am going to win and I'm going to overcome. And the best, the very best, the best is yet to come. You ain't seen nothing yet. You haven't lived your best days yet. The best is yet to come. Do you know why I can say that? I have survived tremendous adversity. Only people who have been through hell and back can tell you the best is yet to come. I'm one of them. I've survived hell and high water. I've been days when it looked dark from the moment the sun shone. (laughs) And I'm still here and I'm here to tell you the best is yet to come. Believe it. Give yourself a hand clap and give yourself love and go stand before your mirror and remind yourself how much you love you and how much you care for you. And if you have somebody in your life who loves you, you go and embrace them and tell them how much you love them. The grace and peace of God be with you all until I see you again on Sunday morning. In the meantime, the best is yet to come. Live as if there is no tomorrow. Live as if today is the one chance you get. Live and live gloriously. You'll sleep better tonight. You'll sleep better tonight. In the days and nights to come, you will sleep like a baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for being a part of my experience. Continue to support our podcast by going to Anchor FM and look for me, Harriet Kamek, and be a supporter of this podcast. Also, go to my page, HarrietKamek.com. I'm available for speaking uh, excitements (laughs) and speaking engagements. So invite me to come speak at your next event or tell somebody about me. Make sure you share this information with someone else. Tell them they need to go and listen to this podcast. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere there's a podcast platform. You can find us. Thank you so much, everybody. It's Friday, and I got to go live my life. Be blessed, everybody. Thank you so much, everyone. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Thanks so much. Be blessed.
2: The best is yet to come. Oh, oh, the best
1: is yet.